This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ah, the sounds of summer. Can it get any better? Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Discover the confidence of Lexus Safety System Plus. Explore the possibilities of a Lexus at the Golden Opportunity Sales Event. Now through September 6th, click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Not a substitute for safe and attentive driving practices. See owner's manual. You're listening to the West MY podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. This week we get the results of our end of season awards as voted for by patrons of the West Ham Way. We get the latest from X on all club affairs before ending the show with questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. X, last week we had the categories and nominees for the West Ham Way End of Season Awards. The patrons have been voting since, and tonight we'll see who the winners are. So, what are we going to start with, mate? Well, I think we might as well start with the main award and the, the Player of the Year award, because that has already been decided um, by West Ham fans in the club's uh, poll, as has obviously some of these awards. But the result has turned out pretty much as expected. I gave loads of different options that people could vote for. Oh, I threw in Fornells, Antonio, Zuma, Creswell, Johnson, Ben Rama, and I put other. And actually, when you look at the percentages, only three people got votes. Um, and they were in third place, Dawson, at 4%. Uh, second place, Bowen, with 17%. And then heads down winner was Declan, with 76%. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's not a surprise, really, is it? I mean, it's a... There's a big chunk of difference there, actually, between Deck and Jared. I thought yeah. we'd be a little bit closer than that, actually. So I'm a little yeah. bit surprised at the percentages. Not the result. I think the result's fair, and ultimately Deck won it, didn't he, for the official route. But, yeah, it's quite interesting. It's quite a golf. But, um, yeah, can't really argue with first, second, or third Deck, can you? No. And what was really interesting is that, I don't know, something went a little bit wrong with that poll. It seems to only have had less people voting on it than any of the other polls has appeared at the end of the results as well. So I don't know what went wrong with that thing. Um, but anyway, that is the conclusive result. Um, the next the next one was uh, Patron Keeper of the Year. Um, and I put the options as Fabianski, Ariola. Randolph and Martin, and you won't be surprised to know that Randolph and Martin got zero percent. So, in, <laughs> so in in second place, it was very close actually. In second place, um, and considering he only played cup games, um, was Ariola with forty six percent, and then Fabianski um, just beat him with fifty two percent. Wow, that's close. Mm, that's mm. close because I don't know how many games that tallied up for Ariola. But mm. it was, certainly wouldn't be anywhere near what Fabianski played. So for those percentages to be that close, that is interesting. That yeah. is interesting. And, and and maybe that looks upon Ariola quite favourably as to who the fans want as their next number one I for this so, coming mate. season. 
I think so. That's what I would do. I mean, I think, as I said, Fabianski's been given a one-year deal. Um, obviously, this will come in my section. Ariola, we're in talks to make his signing permanent. I think I would next. I would literally give them pre-season, say to them, look, you're fighting for the number one shirt, um, but we've we've in mind almost of them swapping roles, like Ariola being the lead keeper and mm. Fabianski maybe the cup keeper. Um, mm. I agree but, with that. Because I think Ariola's, you know, Fabianski's 37, Ariola's 29, so clearly Ariola's got more of a future. And I actually think now, I feel, when I see the team sheets, I feel more comfortable with him in goal than I do Fabianski. Mm, well, and, you know, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll put some clarification on this in your section, but if his wage demands are to be believed, um, he's going to have to earn it, isn't he? He can't just earn that sort of money coming on playing cup games is going to have to be a starter because that's a starter's wage and yeah. we'll hear more from you on that but that's my faults anyway but yeah no I liked him and uh, um, I think I'm going to um, possibly tread on the toes of one of your categories coming up but we can talk about save of the season I think that that got my vote as well uh, in yeah. Europe um, so when he's played he hasn't let us down I can only actually remember him giving me one wincy moment I think against Kidderminster when uh, he came for the corner and dropped it it might even have been for their goal but otherwise, he's been pretty faultless, I think, Ariola. And yeah. if you look at his pedigree and the fact that he was voted player of the year when Fulham got relegated, I mean, for a relegated team to give it to your goalkeeper, like Swansea did to uh, Fabianski, yeah. I think that speaks volumes about their ability. So, no, I, I'm all over that personally. I, hopefully, we can make that a permanent signing. And, uh, yeah, I think that, that speaks speaks wonders of him to have, have come so close in those percentages when he's played a third of the games. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, so this was then on to patron defender of the year. Um, and I literally listed any person that could be considered a defender that played. And uh, but only two people got votes again. So it's obviously quite clear cut um, for um, in these categories because there's literally two people out of six or seven that people chose to vote for. And the two people they voted for was Zuma and Dawson. Um, so in second place was Zuma with 19% and then in first place and I know these percentages don't quite add up to 100 um, but that, that does mean that you know a couple of other people got you know maybe 10 votes or whatever so it didn't account to 1% but it means why the toast doesn't add up to 100% if that makes sense um, and Dawson got 79% yeah I mean Ballon Dawson has been different class this season and I think he's become a real cult hero at West Ham which is lovely to see Zuma tremendous signing tremendous player but what happened off the pitch was always going to hinder him in a, in a in a process like this, I think. The one thing that doesn't really sit well with me, X, is that Creswell hasn't received one single vote in this poll. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, you look at the two sendings off that everyone holds against him. The first one, it was a debatable send-off anyway, because I think the striker was going away from goal. I don't think that was clear-cut, so I think there's a, a, an argument to say that wasn't a red. The second one, against Frankfurt away, you know, we've said it before on a previous podcast, the two centre-halves, I think, were out of position to put him in that position where he was the last man. And yeah, he didn't handle it well. He panicked. But are we seriously going to hold that against him when you look at the season that he's had for West Ham? The last two seasons that he's had for West Ham. Now, I'm not saying he should have won this poll. I'm saying he should have had a few votes thrown his way, shouldn't he? Mm, I would have thought so, yeah. And I think, he, he, you know, I know Bonner missed a large part of the season. You know, it was injured from about November onwards. But, and that's why people didn't vote for him. But Bonner, certainly, the start of the season was brilliant as well, wasn't he? Um, and, you know, mm. yeah, he's missed a large part, which is why he's got no votes. But um, you can also argue that Ben Johnson deserved, you know, at least some recognition because, you know, he's yeah. played right back and left back and played quite consistently in those positions as well. So, yeah, it's a bit of a surprise. I mean, the Next one's completely dominated, as you can imagine, but midfielder of the mm-hmm. year. And I put sort of the more attacking midfielders as attackers to kind of give it a bit more balance. Um, but, you know, the only person to to get a percentage was, other than Rice, was Fornells and Noble, who got 1% each. And Rice <laughs> really? got 97%. So, wow. yeah, a bit of a walk in the park for him on that one. And then patron forward of the year. So I pushed like... Bowen and Ben Rama and Yarmolenko into this category, so it just wasn't Antonio on his own. Um, and by doing that, Antonio got seven percent, but Bowen got ninety-two percent. Oh wow! Yeah, again, you can't argue with the result. Percentage is a little bit surprising. I think. I think Mickey could have got more. I know, you know, he's drawn a few blanks this season in front of goal, which hasn't helped him. 
but I still think his work rate's been phenomenal. And the fact that he's carried the weight of expectation as the only striker we've got with a smile on his face, I think he could have nicked a few more percentages there. But you can't argue with the result. I mean, look, Jared's season has ultimately ended in England selection, hasn't it? And it, well, well, he was, was the best player, I think, as well. Uh, well, how good was it to see him in an England yeah. shirt? And, and we had more players in the side than Tottenham. Beautiful. Yeah, more, more players in the side than anyone, I think, didn't we? Were we the most... Um, yeah, actually, when you well, break it down, quite possibly. Yeah, I hadn't thought I about think... it. I was only focusing on Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, but... I think so. I, might, I'm, I mean, I haven't actually done the, the maths of it, but thinking back to who actually played, it was quite a, you know, a wide range of players. Obviously, you had Kane play, didn't they? And then you had, um, you had obviously, C. Pickford... Uh, going through Connor Cody, uh, the Leicester defender. Um, yeah, there was people from all different clubs, wasn't there? Yeah, there so was. I think it yeah. probably we were probably the only ones that had more than one, probably. But um, yeah, did you see that clip with um Southgate as well? When today, where they presented their caps to, to Justin James of Leicester, um, and uh, uh, Gerard, um, they presented the caps so we could see how proud he was. It's a great story, you know, playing. If there was at one point, I think he was like released from somebody or he, he was losing interest in football. And then obviously he went to Hereford, did well there, went to Hull and went to us. And now it's an England international. You know, it's a great story. Well, I, I bet he can't believe the story because mm. I think at one point in his life, getting a chance at Hereford would have been fantastic for him. You know, yeah. because he might have reached a point where he's, he's thinking, I ain't going to make it in this game. And then Hereford give him a call up. And you imagine what a massive move it was for him going to Hull. Mm. And then you imagine what a massive move it is going to West Ham. And mm. then you imagine getting a call up for England. I mean, it, yeah. is, it is an incredible story. And uh, I just hope it, it does him wonders for his confidence, his self-belief. And he just comes back an even better player for West Ham. The only thing that I hope, like I hope with anyone that goes on to play uh, international football when you play for West Ham, is that it doesn't go to his head too much, you know, mm, and uh, mm. he doesn't turn too many heads in the process. But he can only come back a better player, I would imagine, and well-deserved because, you know, him and Deck, they, they, they've, they've got to be. They've got to be England players. You know, they're absolutely Definitely. outstanding. Only thing that concerns me a little bit at the moment with Bowen um, is the Mane situation at Liverpool. Obviously, there's talk that he's yeah. going to be leaving them, and he's like a right-sided attacker. And Klopp's already made it known that Bowen um, he rates Bowen. So I'm just hoping. I'm hoping there's no evidence that that's going to happen at the moment. That's not ITK news. That's just a fear. I'm hoping that that doesn't um, you know amount to anything. I mean, I hate talking about potentially selling players we desperately want to keep. But all the talk around Declan Rice being linked with a move away always seems to be stamped with a £150 million price tag. Do you know roughly if, worst case scenario, there was to listen to offers for Jared, what we'd be looking at? No, I haven't actually asked that. But, I mean, if you were to ask me what I think it should be, I mean, you've got to be talking... You know, not that far off a hundred, really, if you think about mm. it, you know, because again, he's just so talented and average players are going for 30, 40 million. You know, this guy scores regularly, like consistently, I mean, creates chances consistently um, for, for for us. Um, and he's only going to get better and better and he's still young. So you can mm. put him right up there with one of the most valuable um, sort of wingers in English football at the moment. I would say, you know, if, if um, Sancho is worth like, you know, that sort of um, figures, then, then he's definitely worth that sort of figures. Well, you've only got to look at the comparison of who contributed more to their domestic club this season, Jared or Jack Grealish. Yeah. I mean, look, look at what Jack Grealish went for. It was 100 yeah. million, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'll tell you, if, if, and I, I rate Jack Grealish. I do rate Jack Grealish. But if he's 100 million, then Jared's got to be knocking on the door for there or thereabouts. Yeah, 100%, mate. Yeah. I just hope it doesn't come to that because, you know, oh, yeah. we need to hit, ideally, if West Ham are going to continue to be a consistent top team in the Premier League, having Declan Rice and having Bowen are essential to that. You've got to build you know? a team around them, haven't you? It's as simple as that. 100%. And they get on well as well, which is really important. You know, I don't know if you saw this clip with England, but um, you know, as Declan arrived, he was speaking to some, um, like, I don't know what her role was, but someone in someone at, um, for England, and she was like, um, you know, why, what, where's the, he seemed like he was on, 
like look out for something. She's like, "What's the rush?" She's like, "Look," and he was like, "I'm looking for my man Jared." Yes. And, um, and yes. then she said something like, "What about Mason?" He went, "No, Mason, we're done with him now." <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. So on to the next award, which is probably the most voted for award, and every single category got some decent result, some decent um, selection. You know, and it was goal of the season. Now. I threw in, obviously, Antonio from Brighton, which wasn't included in the club's official one because that game um, occurred after the awards had been decided. But I had Antonio against Brighton, against Leeds, against Newcastle, Bowen against Lyon, Fornells against Liverpool, Lanzini against Palace, Lanzini against Man City, Masaraku v Chelsea, Rice v Sogreb, and Yarmolenko v Villa. So there was a wide range of scores there. And, you know, there was one standout winner but then second third and fourth place are very very close so i'm going to start from fourth place because it is close between these ones then fourth place was yarmolenko against villa very little mm. touch and a little dink great goal it was a great goal technique was amazing and obviously there was a lot of emotion attached to that goal as well so that got um some votes i don't know why for some reason it's come out as numbers rather than percentages for this poll i must have said it wrong when i did it but actually makes it slightly more interesting this way so he got 123 votes and then um after that which this is surprises me in third place was Mazuaku versus Chelsea. Really? Um, yeah, and I don't... I'm still convinced that's a cross. I'm sure it's a cross. Yeah, it's got to be, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure even in his post-match interview, he, he alluded to the fact that it was a cross. He did, he did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm not sure I... about that one. I don't know how that's, that's beating arms in the poll. No, well, it has, so it came third. And then just above that, in second place, was Bowen versus Leon. Um, of 146 and then clear winner was Lanzini versus Palace which I agree with but mm. one thing I was surprised at is that Antonio's v Brighton it got some votes um, but it, it was I would have said for me it would have been Lanzini first and then probably Bowen second because of the significance of it but I was actually no if you're talking technique I'd have said Antonio second against Brighton um, second, well, and also a goal that I thought should have got more recognition was Lanzini against Man City. Yes, it was like a, mm. a nothing goal. You know, it was right at the end of um, the game, and we'd already lost it. But it was a decent finish. Mm. Yeah, it's very true. There's some good goals there. Some good yeah. goals to talk about, that's for sure. But you know, I think it was a comfortable winner. I know it got our vote, didn't it, when we spoke yeah. about it last week. And uh, mm. I just think, what a guy! He's a scorer of great goals, man, isn't he? Yes, he is. He is um, yeah. And that was another one. His repertoire for West Ham, when you look back over, you know, he's was it six years now, whatever it's been, seven years at the club. You know, there's been um, there's been some absolute um, crackers in there. I mean, you'll never beat the Tottenham one because of it was Tottenham in the last minute and the significance of it. But but in terms of like, you know, quality, there's a lot that rival that definitely. Yeah, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I'd like to see a little um a little reel of all of his goals at West Ham because I reckon there's probably some crackers that we've forgotten about as well because yeah. like I say it's a score of great goals man um, from memory he's got a good, one, a good one against Chelsea away from home he always seems to score against Chelsea yeah he does though, it's yeah. Good, so. yeah yeah so I mean when he eventually leaves West Ham he'll definitely be a player that's remarked rem- sorry remembered very very high, uh, highly won't he mm. oh he will be without a doubt yeah and Great lad as well, by all accounts. I think he's got a great attitude. He's professional. And it's just so nice to see glimpses of him getting back to somewhere near his best as well. I mean, I think we're seeing a bit of a different manner these days. You know, the manner of old probably sits in that number 10 role, ideally, and, and looks to penetrate the final third. But I think now he's showing, I think he's showing signs of, of potentially being best places, almost like a deep line playmaker. Where you know it gets to, to to get the ball deep and then just make the right pass, make the right runs forward, and uh, sort of rely on his game a little bit more technically rather than have that pace and that that final ball in in the number ten role. You know, so I think yeah. when we use him, we're using him a little bit differently, which I think could suit his game a little bit more. Which is maybe why we've seen the best Lanzini we've seen for probably three or four years now. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I'm pleased he won it. It's a, that goal against Palace was absolutely different class, different class. Mm. 
Definitely. Now, this next one, I was surprised at the result of this one, to be honest with you. And this was Patreon's favourite kit. So, obviously, there's only three options. We're talking about the outfield kit here rather than goalkeeper kit. But the yeah. um, it was um, the home shirt, the away shirt, the third shirt. So, in third place came the third shirt, ironically, um, with 15%. Um, and then second was the away shirt with 29%. And then first was the home shirt with 54%. Oh, wow. Mm. That is interesting. Do you know what? It, like with these polls so far, it's not so much the results that are surprising me. It's the percentage differences. Mm-hmm. Um, we voted for the away shirt, didn't we, last we did, week? Yeah. So I'm actually surprised that didn't win it. I like the home shirt. And to be fair, I think they've done a really good job on the kits this season. I mm. do like the home shirt, but I'm surprised that that's beaten the away kit. Yeah, I'm a little bit taken back by that. Mm, yeah I was as well that was probably the one that surprised me the most um, this one's a landslide and you can see why um, because we didn't actually make many of them but this is uh, the patron's best signing of the season so sadly there was only really four options they were Areola Crow, who I didn't realise, played one minute of Premier League football this season. You know? <laughs> Is that right? Apparently so. I saw the stat pop up on my timeline. Wow. I don't know. I haven't verified that or not, so it could be wrong. But if that's the case, one minute of Premier League football, I mean, what a terrible signing that was, really. A waste Incredible. of time. Yeah, um, Crow, Zuma and Flasic. Um, and uh, heads down winner on this was Zuma with 95%. And then, um, yeah, Ariola got the rest of the percent. Yeah. Passage yeah. didn't get any votes, which, when you consider we paid, you know, to about 25 million, near 30 million with clauses and stuff, the fact that he doesn't even get one vote and an on-loan on goalkeeper has beaten him sort of suggests. How concerning that signing is, really. Um, hopefully, he'll improve a lot next year if he's if he's not sold beforehand. But hopefully, he'll improve a lot next year and turn out to be a good player. Because I think I mean a good signing. I think technically he's got the ability, but whether he's already not made it with Everton in the Premier League, I hope he's not another case of just not a Premier League player. I find the whole Vlasic scenario a bit of a head-scratcher, to be honest. And we were speaking to Mad Dog about it last week, and we put it to him, didn't we? And I remember saying to him, you know, for West Ham, that's a lot of money to pay for a player that doesn't really feature and that was only ever really going to start as a squad player. And it just begs the question, why have we not seen more of him? Is it his performances in training? Because it must be the same for Alex Crow as well, because to have played a minute, you can't judge Alex Crow on what he's done at competitive level for West Ham because he's had 60 seconds to show us. So it must be what he's doing in training that isn't good enough. And maybe that's the same with Vlasic. But Mad Dog, rightfully so, he said, look, in this day and age, you know, at Premier League level to pay 25, 30 million pounds for anyone is about right. And I do understand that. But it's not about right typically for West Ham unless he's really going to push for a first-team place. How many times have we signed players over 30 million that we just haven't really seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's um, it's a it's a real strange one, really, because it's not like he's like play had, had much of a chance, even when we've been like needing to rotate and stuff. You know, like there's been opportunities to play him, and we just haven't taken it at all. Yeah, I know. It's it's a it's a strange one. Look, obviously, Mo- Moise is the one that's got the answer, isn't he? You know, we can only speculate, and and that speculation just keeps taking me to the training ground. Because how else is he going to impress and push for for first-team contention if he's not doing it in training? It's the only logical answer. Um, Mm. And it's strange, you know, I I hope he he pulls it round because like you, I've looked at him and I think technically he's decent. Um, I don't know what he's like in terms of his psychological state, his his confidence, his self-belief, etc., but really, I think it's uh, it's do or die for Vlasic next season. If he has a similar season to the one he's had this year in terms of contribution, then he's going to be another one that we're going to have to look to move on, I think. Mm. Yeah, definitely. This one was quite an interesting one because I think it's like hard to gauge exactly how you sort of... Def- distinguish between the players so it's patron's most improved player now obviously there's players in here that were still good last year that you're arguing got even better this year and there's players that really didn't do anything last year but have contributed something this year so the, the sort of 
It's a little bit inconsistent in the measures, but the players I put in were Ben Rama, Bowen, Dawson, Johnson, Lanzini and Yarmolenko. And it was quite close, actually, certainly for third place. I mean, I'll give the order. But um, from the, like, the ones that got votes, so Ben Rama got 4%, then Johnson got 6%, and then in fourth place, Lanzini got 7%. Um, actually, no, sorry, Lanzini was third place. Lanzini was third with 7%. Dawson was second with, with 23%. And then a big win for Bowen with 58%. Yeah, it's interesting that. I think you alluded to it, really. I think it comes down to the voters' own interpretation of what most improved means. And I think mm. different people have seen it differently. You know, mm. for me, my instant go-to was Lanzini because mm. he, he went from pretty much being written off at West Ham to coming back and actually really making a difference at times. And I think um, I think for that reason, it was, it was close from memory, I think and I think you helped with this. My, I was backwards and forwards between him and Dawson. I think that for me, they were the front runners because Jared, I think has been great since he's come to West Ham, you know, and uh, he, he has had a big season, a really big season, but I'm not surprised to see him have that big season. If you look at it like that with Lanzini, I'm surprised actually that we've seen the contribution that he has given this season. So it, it, it does. It all comes down to your own interpretation of it. What did you end up going for last week, by the way, on this? Um, I think I, I was trying to remember because, again, I was really surprised at the result and stuff. But I think when I was looking through and I was looking at who I voted for, I think I did vote Lanzini. So, right. yeah. So I, I think I can understand why Boeing got it. I mean, he got 58% of the vote, so he got, you know, a large majority because he was more effective this year, 100% than he was last year. But yeah. I still think he had a higher bar last year. So this, it, people are saying that he was significantly better this year than he was last year, which, yes, he was, but that significantly better because I thought he was very good last year. Mm. I'm not sure. It's yeah. an interesting yeah. one. Yeah, and, and based on that, based on what you've just said there is why I didn't consider him because uh, he has improved, definitely. But I don't know, when I look at this, I look at players that either had no chance of getting near the first team and have come in and made an impact, or players that have fallen away, like Lanzini, and in your mind you've written them off, but then they come back stronger than you thought they would do. So, again, everyone's different, aren't they? That's how I've measured this. And uh, for that reason, I think I'd, I'd still stick with Lanzini on that, I think. Yeah, um, Patreon best performance. Now, you know you've had a great season when like things like beating Man City in the Cup um, gets 1%, beating Man United <laughs> in the Cup gets 0%, beating Chelsea 3-2 wow. in the league gets 1%. So you know you've had a good season when that's the case. You know, even I threw it in as a last-minute one because I remember how well we played. Even, you know, when we beat Villa at Villa Park um, 4-1, yeah. I threw that in, that got 0%. Um, so it does show what a season we had. Um, but in third place... Um, was the Liverpool home game three two? I just thought I didn't even put us beating Spurs in that in that one there. So uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, so the Liverpool one was three two um, to us, and that got eleven percent. Second place was the Seville game, the home leg two 0 They got seventeen percent, and then a massive winner. Um, and I, I agree with this. That a massive winner was Leon away three 0 sixty four percent. It was just an incredible game. That see. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Look how far this football club has come where results, big wins like the ones you mentioned, ain't even getting a vote. Mm. I mean, that's how far we have come. And when we talked previously about, you know, with success comes a higher expectation, I think sometimes we can forget just how far we've come. And it's when you reflect on some of those incredible wins this season, when you do sit back and you think, wow, what, what a season it has been. And for me, the cherry on the cake was Leon away. I mean, I think that was comfortable for me. I think you you voted the same. That was just, in football terms, that was right up there with one of the best nights of my life in football yeah. terms. And what I've experienced with West Ham, that was just incredible. So, yeah. Um, surprised to hear that some of those really big games didn't get anything, but not surprised to see that Leon won it. 
Mm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, me most memorable moment incident. So again, just to sort of clarify, this doesn't have to be a positive moment. It could be a negative moment. So it's when in years to come, we reflect upon this season, what is going to be the thing that stands out most when you look back on this season. So the options, and I've got quite a few comments of people suggesting other things that I've missed out for this one, you know. So I'll read the ones that I put, and then I'll say a couple of the ones I missed out um which just was um just because i couldn't have any of them um, i couldn't fit them all in so um the the first one i put was noble's last home game v man city then yarmolenko's goal v villa then zuma and the cat incident and the pia pai capital bid um european tour noble miss pen v man united yarmolenko's goal v seville cresswell sending off um a couple of people gave me some suggestions uh, some uh, somebody mentioned uh, why not um, did we not put Antonio um, and becoming our all-time Premier League goal scorer somebody else said what about Masaraku's goal v Chelsea just the whole like randomness of it why did we not put that in there um, but they were the other things um, so the results were quite widespread for this one which was good but um, in third place and this is, I think, the most voted for category as well. Um, in third place was um, Noble's last home game, the Man City. Um, again, randomly, I think when the revoke's so spread out, it does it in numbers rather than percentages. So that got 475. And then in second place um, was the European Tour. Um, that got 784. And then the the most memorable moment or incident of the season was awarded to Yarmolenko's goal versus Seville. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, what, what can we say about that that everyone doesn't already know and feel? It was just an incredible script-written moment, wasn't it? Um, and like you say, you know, it, it's good and it's interesting and it's thought-provoking to put negatives in there as well. You know, like yeah. the Zuma K incident has to be in there. Because it, it it's not just memorable for this season. We'll be talking about that in probably 10, 20, 30 years' time. It, it'll be associated with him for the rest of his career. Oh, well, of course you, it will. No matter what he does from this point onwards, people will always remember that instant. He'll never shake it off. He'll no. never, ever shake it off. And uh, so, yeah, I understand why that's, that's got to be in there. It's obviously nice to see it being a, a, a positive. I'm pleased to see Nobes in the top three there because obviously that was special. But just everything around that Yarmolenko goal, what it meant to West Ham and what it meant to him personally at that time. God, blimey. I mean, you look across football in general, I don't think you'll get too many more special moments than that. I mean, even if you look across the ball from different clubs, you know, isolated, memorable incidents, Yarm's has got to be right up there for anyone. Mm, 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 yeah, definitely. I mean, it was yeah, it was really magical. I mean, as I say, it ties in with the atmosphere of that game as well, and the fact that it was like two minutes um, towards the end of the extra time or whatever it was was just sensational. And yeah, I mean, it was it was incredibly like amazing moment. And yeah, I think it'll be one of those goals that I mean, it wasn't the greatest of finishes really, but it's just the significance of it. And when you look back, it'll be one of those goals you remember for years and years and years and years. <laughs> Yeah. Well, just, just quickly, I mean, yeah. just to, to talk about the emotion of it, I don't think I've ever even thought about the goal itself in terms of how he took it. What I'm not even sure what foot it was with, to be honest, because I just all I remember was what I felt when he scored it, when the ball crossed the line. So it's very rare in football, I think, that the emotion of a goal can overshadow how he actually even scored it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. And I didn't realise the finish wasn't that great until I watched it back. But because uh, yeah. obviously, but nobody game, cared, did they? No, nobody exactly. Because it was it came across and he basically had an empty goal to put it in. He put it very close to the goalkeeper, uh, almost or defender, one or two. I can't remember now, but very close to them actually stopping him scoring. But who cares? Really, it still went in, and it was a mm. it was an amazing moment. Now I said that that was the most voted for award. It wasn't. This one was, and it's interesting, and it almost. Like not to, to call pa uh, patrons negative, but it's interesting when you put a negative poll out, despite it being the greatest, you know, great, well, not the greatest season, but a great season. That was the poll that got the most votes, a negative poll, um, ironically. So, um, the most disappointing thing, and again, some people come up with some other suggestions, which, um, 
again, I agree, could have been included, but we I differed see. on this as well from memory, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Um, so I'll put, I'll, I'll read you the options. I'll tell you the ones that people came up with, and I agree. Perhaps some of these should have been included as well. Um, and um, I'll tell you the results. So the things I put were Zuma and the cat, VAR, stroke refs, um, big six bias. Um, PII capital bid, no investment in January, Rio Ferdinand's comments towards the club, Noble's penalty miss, the Frankfurt performance, um, and then a couple of people said, why why not the pro- the Brighton performance last game of the season, which stopped us getting Europa League, um, and I agree, then that, that possibly should be included, and um, so a couple of people put Cresswell's red cards on, should be a um, option on their own, but I sort of bracketed that in kind of with the Frankfurt performance. But um, people are saying the two red cards should have been. Um, I know it wasn't the first one, wasn't again Frankfurt, but the two um, red cards should have been included in that as well. Um, so anyway. I agree, perhaps the Brighton one should have been in there, but unfortunately it's too late once you've done the poll. So in third place for this one was Zuma and the Cat. Now that was, I can't even remember what I chose now. I think possibly that, but I can't remember now. Um, and then second place was the Frankfurt performance, which I think was your choice. And then um, the first place by a long way um, was no investment in January. I think from memory, mate, I think from memory, it was um, my choice was no investment in January. No, was it? Okay, I can't remember. Because um, yeah. I think, and you know what my memory's like, I think mm. uh, I was juggling the two in terms of the fact that we didn't turn up for either leg against Frankfurt. I'm sure I remember having that conversation and the overwhelming disappointment at the fact that that was the case because it was just heart-wrenching to watch the final because we're better than both of those clubs. And yeah. we should have seen you know, Declan Rice or Mark Noble, as it would have been, lift that trophy above their heads. And it was a really, really hard watch that final for that reason. Mm. But I'm sure I remember saying that it has to go to no investment in January because you could argue that if we would have invested and we would have brought better players into the side and bolstered the squad, then it might have affected the performances going forward where we might even have had a better semi-final, won the the, the game over two legs and won the entire competition. Mm. Um, We might even have, got sixth place on the back of it. So I think that centralised really could have been a solution to some of the other problems that we're talking about. So, Mm. yeah, I'm sure I said that, and I do agree that that should be the front runner. Okay, fair enough. Um, I can't remember, so I'm sure when you've explained it like that, it seems logical that you did say that. So, yeah, fair enough. Um, And I think think, um, all of those things are disappointing. You know, the fact that out of all of those, the Pi Capital bid only got 23 votes. And you think about it, really, West Ham fans a large majority have been calling out for a change of ownership and a change of ownership potentially comes along and it was an absolute shambles and um you would have thought that might have got more votes really but it didn't um and well then, i know. think that's the reason it didn't and i'm only looking at it from my perspective maybe other people see it differently but i think you know when <laughs> it's just incredible really to think about it but when so many fans are craving new investors new owners whoever would have thought that at the end of their campaign, Pi Capital, we were craving to keep the ones we've got. Um, that it was just an absolute car crash. So I don't yeah. think it was the disappointment of, of of them not buying West Ham, as you're saying. I think it was a disappointment of wow, there's 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 news that have come out that this is a serious bid and we've got ex players that are backing it and they're saying what incredible plans there are. And then you just slowly, day by day, just see it nosedive to an mm. embarrassing level. Um, and I think it was a disappointment of of having our hopes and expectations and excitement levels raised to then just plummet to the floor in a matter of weeks, really. And then the whole thing was an absolute circus act, wasn't it? I mean, oh, we, could, we could do a show separately on that. Um, well, I'd so, love yeah. to get the the sort of the lead person behind all that on now. You know, almost a seat, like almost the whole year, roughly. Yeah. On, well, I think he only interviews himself, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or with Tom Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Fred, so come and tell us about your plays. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to sign lots of players. Bosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Redo the ground. Bosh! <laughs> oh, my um, God. It's, it's a carve-up, really, wasn't it? But that's the yeah. thing. I think it, it wasn't... 
I don't think it was more disappointment that Pi did buy. I think it was just a, a relief that they didn't, to be honest. Well, it's unbelievable, uh, really, when you think about it. I mean, Rio Ferdinand, who knows what goes on through his brain, but Tony Cossey, you know, club legend, and that's, you know, he's done a lot of work for in, you know, in the club and try, and tried to be involved in other takeover bids and, you know, got a media reputation. And Anton Ferdinand, who, who's always, you know, openly declared his love for West Ham and stuff. It's, you know, you think back of them actually associating themselves with the shambles. And I wonder what they must think of it as well. I wonder if they think, mm. fucking hell, we were sold down the river with that. We've embarrassed ourselves a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, again, I, I don't know why Rio was even involved. I mean, it's almost like he goes out of his way now to Ooh. disrespect West Ham. Well, the fact no, that he was an option in most disappointing thing. Well, exactly, exactly. And, and so he should have been as well. I <laughs> yeah. totally understand that because it's um, it's just bizarre. I mean, I know he started his career at West Ham, but, you know, really ever since he left the club, and this was a disappointing thing for me, you know, you've got... And I don't want to open up the Frank Lampard can of worms again, but in Frank, you did have someone that lived and breathed West Ham. His, his dad was a West Ham legend. The whole family were West Ham fans. He would never be seen as a kid without his West Ham kit on. And I still believe to this day, which is probably the minority opinion, that he was treated really badly by West Ham fans, really badly. And actually, we showed a bit of spite towards him because he dared to lash back after he left the football club. And I think you've got someone like that that we drum all of our energies into. Even to this day, when he's not even playing anymore, you get the big fat Frank chance. But with Rio, every time he came back, it was Rio, Rio, and we'd give him a standing ovation and treat him like one of our own when he left. Now, I don't understand that, really, because he's never given us an ounce of that back ever since he left the football club. More so now, he's, he's, he's chalk and cheese with his brother. I mean, yeah. Anton just oozes West Ham. Yeah. And, and I, I sometimes wonder what Anton really thinks about that. Because obviously we, we had him on the show and he said that, that, trust me, you know, he's got a lot of love for West Ham. Well, we don't ever fucking see it. We don't ever yeah. hear it. We see it from you, Anton. We don't ever hear it or see it from Rio. So again, another bizarre twist in this almost phantom takeover bid is that you would you would get Rio Ferdinand as the ambassador of this takeover when probably days before, if not during the bid, he's encouraging Man United to go and buy Declan Rice. It was. That did happen. You can't make it up. Uh, <sighs> so it's just strange. I mean, if we had a bizarre category, I think that would win it by a landslide. Yeah, I was just it was so odd. And I mean when you when you do reflect back on a season, despite the fact it like we said, it was a very, very, very positive season. When you think about, you know, the pie capital of Rio Ferdinand stuff, then you think about Zuma and the cat, and then you think we didn't sign a single player in January, and you sort of pick go through and you pick out these various things. You know, you talk about the Brighton game as they did at uh, some people did at the end of the season. That you know, it, and it would have all been irrelevant if Noble had scored that penalty against them, um, Manchester United anyway. And um, you know, there's so many little incidents like that. And you just say, wow, despite being a really positive season, typically in West Ham style, there's a number of car crashes in there as well. <laughs> I know. It's just know. typical. Like, I I honestly, I couldn't tell you a season in all the years, and maybe that's why we all love the club so much, but a season that's gone by in like the 30-odd years it is now that I've had a season ticket where West Ham haven't had, you know, this, like, incidents off the pitch. You just think, oh my God, do other clubs have this? Do other clubs have mm. this many, like, crazy stuff going on? Mm. I mean, I've said it before. I, I used to say it in jest, and then it got to a point where I was saying it's season after season after season. When I actually started to believe it, I used to say, this club's cursed. Because for what you're saying there, I think you're spot on. Does it happen to other clubs? I'm not sure it does. Not to no. the extent it happens to West Ham. And uh, I don't know. Would we have it any other way? I mean, as to the character of the football club, maybe it'd be nice to have a season off, wouldn't it? It would be nice. Just have a normal <laughs> season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to be fair, it wouldn't give us as much to talk about on this podcast. So <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we don't want it from a selfish point of view, but definitely for a, like a, a West Ham point of view, definitely. And there's even things that aren't even put in there, like, you know, the West Ham fans sort of, 
like you know turning on each other on social media that's a disappointing thing um you know there's other stuff out there where you just think my gosh you know like what's that all about there's like there's constant ones that we probably haven't even talked about that um that could be thrown in as well and um yeah it's just a it's just a crazy club but club that we all love obviously um, uh, and the final poll of uh of this season i didn't actually do um great best save i know you mentioned that one earlier but um I'll be honest, if you can be bothered to watch back loads of games and find out. I could have copied the, the, the official one off the website, but uh, yeah, I thought that's already been decided. So yeah. with, with goal of the season, I did do that because obviously we had the Brighton goal to throw in Antonio's, but uh, save the season's already kind of been done. So um, the most missed player. So this is a player that was sold the previous year um and you know we didn't have this season but we missed them um this season so the only people i put in this poll um well they all got votes which is interesting in itself um was anderson balbuena lingard and reed um and so there was a joint second place so in third place was anderson with one percent of the vote um in joint second place was Balbuena and Reed with 4% of the vote. And then Lingard got a massive 90% um, of the vote. Yeah, I agree with that. Can't really add anything to that, to be honest with you. It's, but it's uh... interesting though, isn't it? When you think though, that Lingard was a lone player that's effectively n- not really made as much effort as he could to rejoin us. And then you've got Winston Reed, who you could argue is not a club legend, but is perhaps in the tier below that. Um, yeah, I know it's because he didn't play, he hasn't played for ages, but in terms of overall contribution to West Ham. Do you know what though, mate? I don't know if people agree with this, but I just find myself forgetting about Winston Reid because he's been that unavailable for West Ham. And I know when it comes to Andy Carroll, a lot of the stick that he used to get was the uh, the rumours around uh, his commitment to rehabilitation and getting back to his full fitness. But when you look at, games missed through injury I think Winston Reid massively trumps Andy Carroll yeah and and I'm pleased to say nobody slated him for that they used to slaughter Andy Carroll for it no one ever slaughtered Winston Reid but he he was just like the forgotten man really Winston I mean I think if I would have put this poll together I don't even think I would have thought to put Winston in it because I loved him as a player and I thought he was a great servant for West Ham but in terms of the amount of time he spent on that treatment table the amount of times we never saw him, the amount of money he was picking up while sitting on that treatment table. He's just really the, the, the forgotten man, like I say. Which is really sad, mate, because... Like, oh, he, it is. He, it is sad, And you yeah. did, did, did just say it there, but he, he, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page now. He played for us for 11 years. That's incredible. Know, and he's still only 33. You know, he could still be playing for us for another two, three years. And this season just gone by if he wasn't so injury prone. Um, played 194 times in the league, nine goals, including one against Millwall when we got promoted. Yeah. One against the last goal that ever at uh, Upton Park. Mm. Played in the playoff final for us. You know, when we beat Blackpool. Big player um, for us. Exactly. We might have. Wasn't he was arguing? Wasn't he man of the match in that? Possibly on Tompkins, maybe I can't remember, but it, he certainly played well in the playoff final. And um, yeah, you know, hammer of the year, you know. So he he definitely went on and achieved things at West Ham 100%. The fact that it's sad that you're right, no, you are right, and that people have just almost forgotten about him. And I think what hasn't helped him as well is that he was out for so long. And then he's just vanished now. Like he's in Dubai, yeah. as far as I know. But is that right? He's not done, yeah, he's not done any interviews. No one really, he's already spoke about I mean, he's quite a shy person. I met Winston Reed. It was funny. I went to a, a do. It was like at Upton Park. And it was like a player was on each table. And I happened to have Winston Reed and, and Milan Petrich. Do you remember him? And obviously, Milan, <laughs> I do, and yeah. Milan, Milan Petrich was like Croatian or something like that and um, he didn't speak that great or English but he was certainly better company than Winston and I hate to say it because Winston was just so so painfully shy like he never he never um, he never spoke really um, and and maybe that's why maybe that's why he's vanished into the unknown because he doesn't like the publicity of it all but you know you would have thought he might have been there for Nobles last game as far as yeah. I'm aware he yeah. wasn't yeah yeah that's, like, that's, that's a good point that's interesting, actually. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a really good point. 
he would have spent ten, all of his playing career playing alongside him. Yeah, of course so. he would have. Of course he would. Here's a question for you. When you look mm. at all those really nice memories of Winston and how much of a big player he has been for us over the years, and you look at that versus the amount of time he spent unavailable for West Ham, do you think he should be entitled to a testimonial? Yeah, I think so. I think so because he can't help the injuries, Kelly. I mean, he's, the, the problem with Winston, and I reported it way back in the Phoenix FM days, and people used to say, you know, why are you saying um, this? You don't know if that's true or not. I did. Like, I reported very early on that his back was buggered. And when your back is buggered, it, it's obvious. It affects everything, everything. You can't really play again. And that's why Matty Everington had to retire. And that's why lots of other players, because it, it means your hamstrings constantly go, which is what happened to him. Um, your hips go. Everything is, is such an important part of your body. And, um, and his back was buggered. And as a result, he was always going to pick up injuries. And... Yeah, he did. But I think after, you know, he put all those years of service into the club, you know, he came as a relatively unknown. Interestingly, today, um, Theo's done Avran Grant's best signings 11. And it's amazing to think that Avran Grant was only there a year. I could actually have 11 players and a sub <laughs> on the inside. And, uh, and, and that was even including a couple of players, I think. Um, and um, anyway, but the fact that he was an Avro Grant signing was the, one of the few positives to come out of that mm. um, that year. Um, I think he deserves it. You know, no one will ever, ever, ever in West Ham's history forget that goal he scored against Manchester United. Yeah. But it's interesting though, isn't it? When you look at what constitutes a testimonial, because if you look at it in black and white, it's 10 years of service, isn't it? Yeah. But actually, I think sometimes... The, uh, Owners of football clubs, especially at West Ham, they go through it with a bit of a fine tooth comb, don't they? And they kind of mm. manipulate the rules a little bit. And I can kind of understand if you leave the club and come back. Now, obviously, Dixie had a testimonial. Ginge didn't, did he? No. Um, but with Winston, I don't know if it was political. I don't know with them whether they was like, Winston, you've given us some fantastic years, but... I've been paying you fucking not a hell of a lot far off of hundred grand a week for doing nothing. And it's hemorrhaging my wage bill. And we, we just don't ever see you. I don't know if they've got a be in their bonnet about it. And that's why they, they don't think he's worth a testimonial. I personally would love to give him a testimonial. I think that would be the right thing to do. Cause like you said, he was a big player for us, a big player. And he featured in some big games and gave us some massive moments. And people that played an important part of our history should always be remembered. And, and th there isn't too much respect you can show these people. So I, I think that they should give him a testimonial, but, um, you know, they won't. And it's just interesting to look at kind of what, what constitutes a testimonial and what doesn't, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I, I would have thought he would have wanted one, but you never know with Winston, he may not have even... Um, well, he may not have actually wanted one. He may have decided Maybe. that it's, yeah. not, it's not for him. He doesn't want to be the centre of attention. He earned, I mean, he was on a decent wage. He was on, I um, can't remember exactly, but he was on at least um, 50 grand, I would say. Um, so maybe, maybe he I just thought it was decided. a lot more than that, actually. Yeah, it would, have, it would have been towards the end, I think. But I'm saying minimum of 50 grand. Um, so he, um, yeah, the fact that he uh, he got that much money, maybe he just thought, no, I don't want to, don't want to be dealing with this. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But um, so, uh, but interesting, um, interesting end of season awards, uh, very thought provoking. Um, drummed up some really good conversations there. So as always, thanks to the patrons as well for contributing to the boats and creating those discussion points. So that's it for this season. So we'll do it again next season. Um, now it's time to tell you about our new show that will be available throughout the transfer window. It's quite simply known as the transfer show. Uh, it's on a separate Patreon platform to the West Ham way. It covers all the key news, rumours and done deals from around the country. And it's just £3 a month. And this content will also be going out every weekday, Monday to Friday. And on a Friday, we'll be joined by our Sky Sports correspondent, Michael Bridge. So we're hoping this is going to be a really good show for football fans in general. And, and if you're a West Ham fan, you want to find out what's going on with other clubs. And if you're a fan of other clubs, you want to find out about what's going on with your club, then I think this could be the show for you. Uh, so if you want to sign up to that show, please go to www.patreon.com 
forward slash the transfer show. Um, and we're actually, ironically, whilst it's Monday to Friday, we're, we're going to be starting this tomorrow. Our first show's tomorrow on a Tuesday. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting for us to kind of branch out like this, X, and it's quite exciting, really, isn't it? It is. I mean, I think it'll benefit both of us because we've both been admitting in the past that our knowledge of other clubs isn't perhaps as strong as our West Ham knowledge. So I think yeah. it'll help, help us as presenters to have that wider knowledge. But also, this is the programme, and I, I'm not just saying this because I'm producing it like with you, but I'm, I'm, it's the thing that I would have wanted myself because, you know, when I was in full-time employment, I'd be working pretty much from, you know, quarter to eight to like seven o'clock at night six o'clock at night and i would drive home at six o'clock and I'd, I'd look on my phone and i'd obviously be focusing on west ham stuff because i was still you know doing the X stuff and that so i'd be trying to get through what was happening with west ham because i hadn't read anything for a couple of hours right this is happening that's happening and i'd come out and then i'd get by the time i'd done that I'd, i wouldn't know anything that'd go on in the transfer world outside of west ham um and then i'd suddenly be like watching a, a you know a club or or I, i'd think of a player that we were linked with and i'd look it up on the internet and i'd be like oh my god i didn't even know that player joined them you know sometimes i even be watching sky when the season had started i'd be like when did they sign him because i think i just miss it so much of the west ham stuff and i always wanted there to be like a show like that we're doing you know, i know there's sky sports but that goes on for the hour and then they talk about other sports for a percentage of that then there's talk sport and there's loads of adverts and they just give annoying opinions i just wanted someone to tell me right this player's going here that player's going there there's rumors he's going to move there's rumors that's going to move and this is what a few people think of it and i would have been that's the program for me so this is what it is and we're hoping I can't claim to be as much of an ITK West Ham obviously I'm no way near no way near because I don't support the other teams so I'm not interested in them so therefore I don't put the effort in but last summer and the summer before I did it for Chelsea because I had a couple of Chelsea sources which I still do have and I broke two or three of their signings as Ask Any Chelsea fan um last year um and so i'm hoping i might be able to do it for the odd club here and there as well uh just because i know people that know things so we'll see it's not an itk show but hopefully there'll be a few things in there that are itk and the rest of it will just be a great summary hopefully yeah yeah well said mate and uh we thought we'd made this quite clear but a few people after oh, God, we, yeah, we made it quite clear yeah um, but they did that on purpose they were just looking for digs i mean i like, even like i said to someone i didn't even think you were a patron that was, i saw questioning it and they're not patrons they're just doing it as a slide dig a lot of people... no no mate i was more going down the route of, of patrons actually coming forward and saying oh okay this, this is the west ham news that we get on on the west ham podcast. okay okay and, and just to reiterate it doesn't so so nothing will change as you will see in a short while when we go to exit section nothing yeah. will change from the Look, news you get from west ham oh 100 separate if, show altogether 100 if you're not interested in other clubs don't subscribe to it because this is the, the west ham way patron is going to be where you still get your west ham news nothing will appear on the other football show that hasn't been on the west ham way first the west ham way will not be affecting the slices this is our baby this is our passion you know that will be where the news comes so yeah people thinking that it's gonna affect their west ham way patron it really really won't what i was gonna say was people i saw people tweeting so x is now charging eight pound for his um west ham news how greedy is that beep 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 that's not the case these people weren't even patrons in the first place they just wanted to put another dig in the, the point is they are two completely separate things you could be a aston villa fan and listen to the transfer show um and it would have nothing to do with your the club you support specifically whereas obviously the west ham way one is specific for west ham way and that is the priority yeah so we hope we made that clear and we hope hopefully we hope we hope you come on board with it because yeah um, so we're looking forward to it and you know we love West Ham more than anything else, but we also love football. And yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting, I think, to see 
what everyone else is doing. Um, well, it'd be good. To, it'd be good to get a good core of the patrons from the West Ham way over to it because these are people that have supported us for however many years now. Some people way back in the Phoenix FM days, and they're people you know on Telegram that we can trust and whose opinions that we we respect and stuff. So it would be great if quite a number of people could come over just because we could get honest opinions and we could get decent people on it. Um, so it would be great to see a number of right. Uh, number of patrons on there yeah yeah absolutely right okay let's see what x has to say this week switching and saving with geico is easy so you're free to ponder life's big questions like why do people say it goes without saying and then say it anyway i mean if it really goes without saying you should instead not say it and just give a knowing look well folks it goes without saying uh what does the thing that I'm not going to say. Okay. Switch and save with Geico. It's easier than you think. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.